Hey friend, welcome back to She Speaks Life. I'm so glad you chose to listen today. And hey, if you have not received my free gift yet, click on the link below in the show notes and I will give you my free download of God's ID, my ID, which is all about God's characteristics and how they apply to your life today. Plus, you'll get the newest updates of some new stuff coming that I'm super excited about and I want you to be the first to know about it. Today, my guest is Amy Seifert. She is the author of Starved, Why We Need a Spiritual Diet Change to Move Us from Tired, Anxious, and Overwhelmed to Fulfilled, Whole, and Free. Amy shares how to get unstuck from being spiritually starved and feeling anxious and overwhelmed to living grounded in God's word and experiencing God's presence and peace. We talk about so many topics. This conversation is jam packed with the best stuff. And I can't wait for you to hear Amy. This is so powerful. So let's dive in. Here's my guest, Amy Seifert. Amy, welcome to She Speaks Life. I'm so happy you're here today. Hi, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is so fun for me. I met you on the gram, on Instagram, and uh, you know the way you just speak encouragement to others and just really point us to Jesus and His Word. And I just appreciate it so much. There's so much each day that, you know, whatever I'm going through, it seems to meet me right where I'm at. And I know that's totally the Holy Spirit. So I just appreciate you coming on there and really giving us that uh, inspiration, that nourishment that we need on a on a daily. And I can't wait to talk about your book called Starved, Why We Need a Spiritual Diet Change to Move Us from Tired, Anxious, and Overwhelmed to Fulfilled, Whole, and Free. And amen. I, this is my testimony in a nutshell, and we'll get more into that. But beforehand, I would love for you to share your favorite Bible verse and why. Mm, well, thank you. I love the gram. It's fun to create a ministry on there, right? Yeah, and just yes. interrupt people's it news is. feeds with with God's word. So yeah. Um, yes. Okay. Ha. Favorite. How do you choose? But I know um, <laughs> one that <laughs> one that blesses me over and over. Like I routinely think about it is Psalm three, three, and it is, um, "You are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head." Mm-hmm. Um, those three promises I come back to a lot um, yeah. because my dad used to say this phrase to my sister and I all the time. He used to say, chin up, baby doll, mm-hmm. um, when we were crying and just having a hard time. And I just, yeah. he's the lifter of our heads, says Psalm 3.3. He's saying, chin up, like, you're mine. It just seems like a tender, like, look to me and I'm going to yeah. take care of you. I'm going to shield you. So that's one yeah. of my favorites. Mm, I love that. And especially you know, this season, I don't know, I I watched your Instagram, I I think it was a recent reel, and you said it so relatable to me anyway, and I know I'm not the only one, and and I know like, you know, if you're 
sitting there, you know, sharing how you're feeling. I know you've gone through it too, and you know other women that go through it, but you were talking about how December's so exciting and, you know, it's, you know, just a lot of energy and excitement that goes around Christmas and the holidays with family and gifts and shopping and all that and, and celebrating Jesus's birth and then January comes and it's like so gray. You, you said so gray. It's so <laughs> perfect. And I'm like, I feel that every time the new year rolls around. Like mm-hmm. I see all these people just shooting for the stars, writing down their dreams, their goals. I mean, they're so motivated, like a springboard on January 1st. And I'm going, <laughs> That is just not me. I'm completely the opposite. I go in a slump. Oh my gosh. It's horrible. It's yeah. I'm with you. And I feel like, oh no, like I have to return to my everyday ordinary life. Yeah. Um, the laundry has piled up for weeks now because, you know, we're in yeah. the moment. Yeah. It's just the return, the re-entry is yeah. so hard. Yes. Putting we need Christmas the encouragement. Stuff right? away. Yes. yes. So yes. I love that verse, the lifter of, yes. you know, our head because yeah, I need that. Like, yes. especially in the month of January. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right, well, let's get going and talk about your book and just start from the beginning. Like why was this book so essential to you? Why, why share this story? Yes, my well, it started in my home. Um, often, right, our story comes right where we're living. Sure, <laughs> and you see right. it everywhere around you, right? Yeah. Um, about four years ago, my oldest son was—he um, was truly—he was eating, but he was starving. And what I mean by that is, he came home from summer camp, and um, his stomach hurt. And then over the next six to eight-ish weeks, he lost 15 pounds. Wow. And he was 11. And that's a lot of pounds on an 11-year-old. And oh, yeah. He was sleeping a lot. He was lethargic and then stomach pain after every meal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just were watching, like, what's going on with our son? And we finally, a battery of tests and all the <laughs> trying to figure mm-hmm. out what is the diagnosis. And he was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Mm. And just realizing, okay, he needs a complete and total diet change. Like there is an inflammatory things going on and we need, we need to try a whole new diet change. But me as his mom, I remember because there was a diet change, we took everything out of our pantry. We took every spice, everything out of the fridge. And I had to turn around and look at all the labels and, you know, is there any maltodextrin in here, any caking agent, you know, any right. of this stuff. And I'm standing there and I'm, I'm crying because I'm so, I'm overwhelmed. I'm anxious oh, and tired, yeah. right? Like I'm right. Just, oh, like, the whole shebang, the three, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not good. Not good. Yeah. And I'm, I'm crying and I felt like God said, like, I'm going to shepherd you through this, mm-hmm. but you have to come to me. I had spent a lot of nights on Google researching you know, right. what is this? What, how do yes. we solve that? You know, and I just was, I was exhausted and he, yeah. not that, not that we can't research, but I sensed, he said, come to me, like I'm your shepherd yeah, and sit with me. And I needed, I needed to start consuming differently the way my son needed a, a physical right. diet change. I needed a spiritual diet change. Yeah. 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 So it started in, in my house. <laughs> 
Wow. I mean, that's all relatable. I mean, how many times do we, that's kind of the last resort, going to God, we go to Google, we try to solve things on our own uh, more than going to the Lord. Like we're still going to the Lord, but we're actually trying to take control over the situation and not just surrendering it to him. Absolutely. That control piece is huge. And my own self-sufficiency is huge. You know, like all these places I want to feast on and God's like, hey, just we need a meal replacement here. (laughs) Yeah. And I think especially when it comes to our kids, it's like the enemy knows, like, you know, he, that's a, that's a target for us moms is like when we're, we're getting messed with, our kids are getting messed with, you know, that is definitely. I'm with you. Like, Hands off. <laughs> yeah. Mama bear is here. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I know talking about like our dry seasons spiritually, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you feel like yourself was struggling? Like how did you get grounded in the truth? Like how did you get back into that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a practice that I started to adapt that took a <laughs> still, mm. still today, I'm like, oh, I want to avoid it. Um, I started to just replace that scroll with five minutes of silence. So I'm mm. not talking like sign up for a retreat three days with monks and you have this like silent retreat, though that is amazing. But is there a way to sit in silence? Like when I feel overwhelmed, sometimes I just want to distract and distract myself and mm-hmm. um, look for something pretty, look for you know something to relieve myself, like relief. Right. And I sensed God say, put, put the noise down, mm-hmm. put everything down, five minutes with me in silence. And actually before mm-hmm. I hopped on the podcast, um, just found a window the sun is out today, thank goodness, in January. And I just imagined the sun shining on my face the way Numbers says that God's face shines upon us and just letting myself sit in the goodness of who God is mm-hmm. instead of scrambling around or trying to solve something on my own. It has been so grounding for me when I feel my soul starting to reach and grab for yeah. something to satiate, right? And to just sit there. That's counterintuitive. I would rather be busy. <laughs> right. Yes. But yeah. that five minutes of soul practice. But I'll tell you what, the first time I tried silence, like the practice of five minutes of silence, I set my mm-hmm. phone timer for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And those first four minutes, I felt like this puppy that couldn't find the right nap spot, right? Like, you know, right. crawl all over the couch <laughs> and just kind of like yeah. just – and then that last minute finally settling in – and I just felt such a peace of like, I don't have to hurry around. God mm-hmm. has me. He's yeah. taking care of the world and I can sit here. Mm-hmm. And it was really healing. Yeah, I know. I, I think that's the hardest thing to do, but at the same time, it's the best thing for us to do is just to sit there and quiet ourselves before the Lord and mm. not fear of missing out. We always, it, it's almost like FOMO, right? Yes. When we just sit there That's, like, yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm missing out on something. I got yes. something else to do. And, yes. you know, it takes a while for our mind not to go through the laundry list of to-do items, you know, and try to get that out of our mind so that mm-hmm. we can just focus on 
on the Lord and be in his presence, which we're going to talk about later on. So I know in your book, Starve, you you share some honest, difficult moments. Can you share one with us? And, you know, why is it so essential for us to be vulnerable with others? Yes. Yeah. So there is a chapter um, that we are starved for identity. And I kind of talk through shame, those shame stories that kind of play as background music. We don't even know they're there half the time. Um, And so I I share about um, when I was a young girl, I was sexually abused by a neighbor. Mm. And really having to take that story much later I'd actually just kind of put that memory in a box and went on with my life um, right. until my oldest son became the age that I was abused and it all just, oh, just came, came back. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really like the practice of vulnerability um, with God and with others is such a sacred practice because connection happens there. Yeah. Um, and really really asking God to give me a new narrative. Like I have this narrative. Would you create a new one? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I talk in the book, he absolutely did. He used Psalm 18 and there was such, such beauty there, but even then the vulnerability, the step of when (laughs) we think hiding might be what we need, but that vulnerability to find a safe person to say, Hey, this is, my yeah. story and to find yourself being loved in the middle yeah. of what you think will reject you. Right. Um, so I, to me, the enemy hates vulnerability because mm-hmm. uh, vulnerability means bringing something to the light. The enemy hates light. Right. He wants darkness. Yeah. Um, but God is light. He is life. He is love and he is healing in light. But we to take that brave step. Mm-hmm is so important and will feed our soul even when we, Mm -hmm. man, we think the opposite. Yeah. It's so true. I always say you reveal, you heal. I mean, it's such Mm -hmm. the first step to healing. The enemy wants us to keep it in the dark so that we can just sit there and stew in our own mind, you know, the cycle, the spin cycle over Mm -hmm. and over again, and we're not going to receive the healing that we need. And yeah, well, I'm so glad that you got the healing you need in such a, a horrible situation, but there's nothing too big for the Lord, as you know. Okay, so how do you know if somebody's listening and they're like, how do I know if I'm spiritually malnourished? Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? And how do we get that spiritual diet change yes. that you share in your book? Absolutely. Um, well, I love a good acronym, especially when it Me relates. Me too. <laughs> good. Yeah, I love it. it. And it just helps us. It's it's actually yeah. built into the book title. So um, if you, f- it's OAT. Am I feeling overwhelmed, anxious, or tired? This okay, can be yes. just a little litmus test. Um, and each one of those, the idea of overwhelmed is as if a wave has is crashing on top of you and, and burying you. If you're feeling buried by something. Yes. Um, and often I can be, I can feel buried by the opinions of others. 
mm-hmm. um, and what other people think of me and feel like I need to prove myself. You know, so if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I know that I'm starting to feel a little bit malnourished. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I need <laughs> I need to nourish myself with a, a, a new narrative. Um, mm-hmm. Or if I'm feeling anxious, like you know, some. I mean, just the other day, I woke up really anxious mm-hmm. about um, a, a future possibility with one of my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the word for anxiety in the Greek is merimneo, which means to be torn apart mm-hmm. or divided. And so I literally was in my, I was in my bed, but my mind was separated and torn into the future about all the what ifs. Yes. So I wasn't integrated I wasn't in one spot, right? Right. And so if I'm feeling anxious, I'm like, ooh, what am I feasting on? What am I thinking on? You know, like what do I need to consume that would bring me peace? And I just love that the word peace actually means to bind up what has been torn. Mm. And so to say, God, would you wrap me with your arms of love and keep me present right here? And trust you with the future. Trust you with what I'm anxious about. Trust you with my kid getting his driver's license. Trust you, you know, yeah. like all, all the, the things. all the things that bill yeah. that I don't know how we're going to pay that one. You know, like whatever the things are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another litmus test is the T. Am I tired? Am I exhausted? And sometimes I feel really exhausted by um, who I think other, you know, the opinions of others, who I think others mm-hmm. think I should be, or just staying. Um, the rat race, right? I got to stay ahead. Um, yes. I got to keep it moving because if I don't, everything falls apart. Right. Mm-hmm. We're just yeah. sitting and thinking, wait, okay, I'm exhausted by this. I've got to trust that <laughs> Psalm 23 says, my cup overflows, that he's a shepherd that will give me enough and more. Like mm-hmm. he's an abundant God. And so I'm starting, if I start to feast on the scarcity mindset of, oh no, there's not enough, I got to keep going versus wait, wait, wait. I can rest and there will be enough. Yeah. So it's just a lot of um, some mind shifts, some some truth, some replacement of what are we thinking about? What practices are we engaging in? Yeah. Mm, Those are all so good. And I love when you break down anxiety, like what that actually means. And because it helps us identify what we're going through. And just like you're saying, like I was here, but my mind was somewhere else and how it's absolutely the opposite of what God wants for us. You know, the peace is what makes us whole. Yes. He doesn't want us all divided and, and shredded and torn up inside. Yes. So I love that. And oh my gosh, those are the three overwhelmed, anxiety, and tired. I think yeah. that is like... <laughs> The three major things I think we struggle with, mm-hmm. you know, on a on a daily, if not weekly, of something coming up that's the unknown and you go into the what ifs and then you constantly have to go back to truth and what God's word says. And, yes. and so it is a battle. It's a spiritual battle. Let's talk about, in your book, negative effects of the spiritual junk food, uh, saying that we are stuffed but starving. And when I read this, I was like, oh, this just kind of takes me to when I eat Chinese food. And 
Am I right? And you get all stuffed with Chinese food and literally like an hour later, you're, you're hungry, hungry again. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what a great, and I could totally relate to this, but I know what you are speaking about. I know what you're getting at, but let's expand on that. Yes. Sure. Oh, I love yeah. that you said that. I my yeah. analogy is cotton candy. And then you know Ugh. when you go to a fair, right? Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my kids are begging for cotton candy. I'm like, oh, and then you get stuff that sugary like stuff. Ooh. And then an hour yeah. later, they're like, we're hungry. Um, yeah. Which actually, I loved when I found in Isaiah 55, which is kind of the anchor passage of my whole book. In the message, God says, "Why do you spend your money on junk food? Your hard earned cash on cotton candy." Why are you doing this? Wow. It says that in the message? In the message, Isaiah 55. Oh my gosh. I I love it. Yes. And then he he prescribes like what to do. He says, come to me, eat what is good, and you will live. Like Mm -hmm. this is – and that coming, like turning from that cotton candy and even in that moment to say, God, I need you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and – for me, I know we've mentioned this a bit, but feeding on self-sufficiency, that I have to be the one to make everything happen. I have to be the one to make the world spin. Um, I have to be the one. I, I'm feasting on my self-sufficiency, and it is stuffing me, And but I'm still starving, um, yeah. which the radical practice for us 15 years ago was starting a Sabbath each week, and mm-hmm. that was huge for putting everything down for a whole day, no to-do list, um, no productivity, lots of play, lots of fun, good food. That was, that was really huge for me. And to not see other people as, um, you know, for what they could give me versus Mm -hmm. no people are human beings. Like who they are is the gift. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So speaking on that, what are the three missing practices that address the spiritual malnourishment issue? Yeah. So we kind of, we discussed 14 different practices, but I would say the top three that have been like personally life-changing are, is silence. So Mm -hmm. practicing silence a few minutes a day, Sabbath, um, and you know, I share in the book about what that practically looks like for, for us, but also the the gift of Sabbath, that it's not a mm-hmm. burden put on us, mm-hmm. but it's a gift to free us. Um, and then so silent Sabbath. And the third one, I have a chapter on injustice. And, and, and the starting point there is to see the Imago Dei in every person, to see that every person is an image bearer of the Most High. Yeah. And when we start by seeing other image bearers wherever we go, our, mm-hmm. from our little babies to our neighbors next door to the grocery cook, when we see like this is an image bearer in front of me, I want to protect yeah. and honor this mm-hmm. person. Whether or not they worship God, it doesn't matter. Right. That that protection is the beginning of keeping justice in spaces and mm-hmm. places that are lacking it. Yeah. And I think when I go there – it's like you have this godly love for them when you look at it that way. Like yes. they're made in the image of God. Yes. And so that just instantly puts just a whole new lens, you know, the spiritual lens on 
uh, how you view humanity, how you view people. So, but it's a um, hard practice because there's things where I don't, you know. Yes. I get yeah, angry at whomever and I'm like, oh, yeah. image bearer. They're an image bearer. They're an image bearer. <laughs> you got someone that's a little difficult to get along right? with in your family. That annoying and, coworker yeah. is image image bearer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Constantly have the post-it everywhere you go. Right? Yes. Yes. That's, it's a practice. Oh. It's a practice. Oh. Okay. So in your book, let's talk about divided, how divided our culture has become mm-hmm. and how do we talk about challenging topics and a biblical way. Uh, You address this in your book. And Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of things out there. That's just kind of the Lord stirring in my heart to prepare to be a voice for that Mm. has negatively creeped, that has creeped into the Christian circle, that the Mm. origin doesn't come from biblical principles. So, Mm. you know, these are, I think these can cause controversial division, even among the body of believer, you know, body of Christ. So how do you talk about that gently without, you know, causing a a ruckus here? Yes. Well, I mean, it is, we'd have to be living under a rock if we didn't see the the division and the, you know, politically, racially, socially all over the last few years. And I think if we could take our cue from the way God introduces himself first to Moses in Exodus 34, 6, 6, he says, the Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth. Mm. And if we are compassion forward, and if someone, like, I think if we can listen with compassion, because someone can have a political view or um, some kind of stance that's very different than ours. But there's a story behind that. There's a reason going on there. Can we compassionately listen for the story that's there? Not yeah. to win an argument, but to to keep mm. community and to yeah. say, I hear you. I might, I might gently disagree with you, but mm. I want to compassionately listen to the story behind whatever your stance is on those things. Because that's yeah. when my eyes really started to be opened when I started to hear different stories from different Mm -hmm. friends in my life. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is how you experience the world. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Right. And I want to listen to that and I want to hold space for that. Mm -hmm. And I want the same, I want people to do the same for me. Um, Right. You know, and then to really remember (laughs) the king is on the throne. Like, You know, like he ultimately, ultimately, wherever we, we Mm -hmm. vote or where we land on different things, it is the king Mm -hmm. that reigns. Well, and I think that's key right there is not to win an argument, but Mm -hmm. to come into community and unite. And I think if we had that in the forefront of our minds each time, I think we'd all have better conversations. Okay. So one of the major ways I think the enemy likes to attack us is how we view ourselves. I think we can all say that, that he tries to mess up our, you know, who we are, identity, and think of ourselves one way, and then, you know, have a perspective on the world different than how we should perceive it through God's truth. So how can we discern that we're just living this lie. Is it really just, you know, black and white? 
What do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, I tell a story in the book that um, I was involved in a ministry when I was a senior in college, and I was paired up with a young staff guy who was on this ministry staff, and we were going to lead a co-ed Bible study together in one of the um, fraternity and sorority units. Mm-hmm. And I was excited about the Bible study part, and I had ideas, and um, you know, I sat down with him, and I was ready to present, like, hey, this is what I think we should do. And he said to me, um, hey, you know what? I think if you could just take care of, like, bringing the brownies, I can just take care of the Bible study part. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And I was like, uh, record (laughs) scratch. Like, what? (laughs) What just came out of your mouth? And I was so disoriented in that drop. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what's going on? What is going on? Um, But I'm telling you what, that moment of you just bring the brownies, like, you can't bring the word as a female. Like, it was, he was because I was a female. Um, I have had to work through that for the mm-hmm. last 20 years of really feeling called to be a Bible teacher mm-hmm. in the face of others telling me this is not who you are. And so I had a choice there. I, I have a choice often to say, am I am I a brownie baker? Nothing wrong for bringing brownies, by the way. If that's your jam, <laughs> bring those brownies. <laughs> right. But right. you don't want me bringing brownies. You want me bringing God's word. Yeah. Um, and so I often, before I even step out on stage to teach, have to settle with the Lord. Like, who am I? Am I this mm-hmm. lie that's been told to me? And I, I asked God to give me a verse um, a long time ago to come back to, to root myself in what is the truth. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah 61 is what he took me to. And it says that um, he will call you oaks of righteousness, mm-hmm. the planting of the Lord. And so I think, nope, I am hand planted by God. I'm his yeah. oak. That's who I am. He's going to grow me. He's mm-hmm. going to form me. I will drop acorns and he can grow what he wants. Mm-hmm. So I just really have to settle. And so I would encourage the woman listening, those lies about your identity that have been told you long ago that you carry with you, ask God to give you a new narrative from his word that you can take with you in that moment when it's that lie versus mm-hmm. truth battle. For sure. I totally agree. Let's see. The presence of the Lord. I know you talk about that in your book and, you know, the importance of experiencing it. And I think sometimes, honestly, we, we feel it and sometimes we don't. Yes. So what are some ways that will help us really get into his presence and feel it? What, yes. what are the different ways that you share in your book? Yeah. So I have to tell you, for the longest time, I didn't think prayer counted if it was listening to worship music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's just like a fun way to like think about God. Yeah. But I felt like, wait, I'm singing. Like when I'm listening to worship music, no, I'm mm-hmm. praying those truths back to him and we're like communing. Yeah. So I found a lot of freedom if, in taking 10-minute walks, putting some worship music in mm-hmm. and saying, kids, I'm going to be back. I'm just walking around the block. I'm going to get outside. I'm going to move my feet. I'm going to try to look up at nature. I'm going to try to experience God with as many senses as I can. And just let, like sometimes I can't, I don't even know what I need to say to God. And sometimes a song can be a prayer that I didn't know I needed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so to just 
let that music minister to me and I can then talk to God through what I'm hearing. That is yeah. a lot of what my prayer life can look like. Mm, that's so uh. good, Amy. I <laughs> I just recently went through that for the first time. I had, I mean, let's just, I'm, I'm going to be vulnerable right here. Mm -hmm. I had an awful Christmas. It was oh, just I'm awful. Sorry. I, I got <gasps> sick. I had oh. the flu. I barely made it through Christmas morning passing the, oh. the gifts out. I miss Santa Claus. So this yeah. is mm -hmm. a tradition and I, you know, give each gift to the kids and <laughs> they literally <laughs> yes. make it magical, right? No, yes. oh. but, um, and then it was like, I can't stand up anymore. I'm out. I have to go lay down and literally was in bed for three days with the flu, missed Christmas dinner, all that. Oh. Then before, the day before Christmas Eve, my poor son slips. We had uh, freezing temps here in Austin for a couple of days and the sidewalk had gotten wet and it iced over. And the poor thing stepped on the sidewalk. It was an ice skating rink. The ice was so thick and he slipped and broke his fibula no. and dislocated his ankle. Yeah. So we're talking like serious injury. I'm going, oh my gosh, like this is what the kind of breaks people get in like a, a car accident or something like that. Mm. I mean, he just slipped. So, I mean, I'm thanking the Lord. It wasn't worse. His head was fine. But all of that right before Christmas Eve, then I come down and get, you know, sick. And so it's just, I came out of the holidays just going, wow, this is just an experience and a half. And God, I'm just having to talk to him about my frustrations, you know, yes. and my disappointments. Absolutely. And all that to say is that I put on this old song it's a singer called keith green i yes. don't know if you yeah oh yeah amazing uh, oh lord you're beautiful yes. i think it's called yes. yes and i put that on and this is a guy that my brother and my mom love right mm -hmm. and they'll play keith green not it wouldn't be me but for some reason the lord put that in my heart amy yes. Yes. and i took the dog on a walk put that in my ears mm -hmm. and just listen to that song and just, you know, cried it out. Yes, and just like, cry Lord, out. totally cried it out. I'm going to praise you and glorify you even though I feel this. Yes. You are beautiful, Lord. I'm going to praise you because I know you're good even though I feel like, you know, my Christmas didn't really turn out the way I thought it would, you yes. know? So, so yes. I love that it just correlates with what you just said about that was, I didn't know how to pray at that time because I was so sad and yes. angry and mm -hmm. just disappointed. But the Lord put this song in my heart to play. And this other one that I used to sing when I was little, I love you, Lord, when I would be scared, you know, as a young child. And so those two songs I just put on repeat and obviously brought so much peace and healing and, and got me on a better path than yeah. where I was. So I love, yeah, I love that you mentioned that because it was yes. just the first time just this oh. last week. I love it. I know yeah. all the per to anyone listening, all the permission, all the freedom. Be creative. Prayer doesn't have to yeah. look like on your knees in a quiet space. 
there are so many ways to connect with God. Go yeah. with your gut, your spiritual gut, the spirit inside yeah. of you. See what, see what comes up. Have fun yep. with them. Yeah. Yeah. So good. All right. Let's talk about community. And I know getting back from pandemic and people are slowly starting to get back into community. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, a lot of people have gotten used to not plugging in. And, and so I know I realize the importance of having that community and, and having that honest feeling that sometimes you just don't feel like it. Oh, for but, sure. You know, like, yeah. oh, I just don't feel like going to my, you know, woman's Bible study, or I don't feel like going to my small group. But when we do, we know how much better we feel when we're there and afterwards. But yes. it's just the enemy trying to get us to not congregate with Absolutely. other believers because there's benefit in that. So expand on that. I love Share that you just more. said that. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I mean, even just last night that we're starting a new, there's a four week series on digging deeper at our church, but it starts, it was seven to eight 30. And I thought, but I'm in my PJs at six. <laughs> it's <like> dark here. <laughs> and I don't right. want to, you know, like, and, and, you know, there, there's those moments and those spaces where, you know, maybe God is saying, stay home. Um, and that's okay. Listen to him. But man, I can't get over um, Hebrews 10 saying, don't, don't neglect meeting together. And there's a why in there. He says, come together and encourage each other. Yeah. And the gift of encourage, literally infusing courage inside of one another, mm -hmm. that happens when you're in the same room together. Yeah. There, there's something that goes on because a hug infuses courage in me. Like I see you, I'm moving towards you. You are valuable to hug you. Mm -hmm. There's something about gathering um, that you're right. The enemy would say, don't, you know, would, would want to keep us from doing this. But mm -hmm. every time I think I don't want to do this, I think, you know what? I have some courage to bring someone and someone has courage to bring me. And so- yeah. By faith, I'm going to go and practice encouragement. Mm -hmm. And um, you're, he always delivers. I mean, he really does. Yeah. The moments I don't want to go, I always come away the most blessed <laughs> every oh, time. Totally. I know because that encouragement, it strengthens us. All right. I always like to end with a takeaway. Do you have something you can just share with the listener to ponder on or take action in? Yes. So I'm slightly obsessed with uh, Jesus as a storyteller and the different stories that we see. And in Luke 15, 20, there's the story of the prodigal son who runs away, spends all the money, comes back. But I cannot get over Luke 15, verse 20, because there are five verbs assigned to the father toward us. Mm. I just try to practice each morning before I get out of bed because yeah. it says the father saw him. I mean, I don't know if anybody feels unseen right now, but the father sees you. He was filled with compassion before his son even got an I'm sorry out of his mouth. He was filled with compassion. Like before a confession happened, there was compassion. 
And then he started running. He ran toward his son. He embraced his son and he kissed his son. And kissing in that um, in the culture at that point was a sign of forgiveness and and restoration. And so just some, I mean, I mean, what would it look like to take a minute today and to run through each verb, imagining, like using your holy imagination and to say, my father sees me, he's filled with compassion. He's running toward me, he's embracing, he's kissing me. That's a new narrative that I'm really trying to practice yeah. and embrace um, throughout my day. Mm, so good. I love that, Amy. Well, thank you so much for sharing your message on this. And it's so relatable for so many of us. And I just appreciate you. And we can get your book. How do do we connect with you? And and when does this book come out? Yes. Well, we connected on the gram. So I do. I think Instagram is really fun. Yeah. Um, So you can (laughs) find me at Amy Seifert. And um, the book comes out March 21st. Um, wherever books are sold. So, and yeah, say hi, say hi to the gram. AmySeifert.com is where you can find my two other books as well and speaking and all things. Very so cool. Yeah. Yes, you're seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God is in so good. So I'm just trying to get my first book together. Woo! Oh, it is a, it is like growing a baby, right? Like it oh is a process. <laughs> it's going to be the most difficult thing I ever do. I know it. <laughs> It feels that way already. Oh, girl, I'm sure you on. Yes, keep going. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, Amy. It was such a joy to have you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. And I trust that God has encouraged you through this story. Did you know this podcast is on YouTube? Hop on there and subscribe and you can see a live recording of each episode. And for more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com. That's J-A-Y-M-E elizabeth.com. And let's connect beyond this podcast by going to my Instagram handle, Jamie Elizabeth, She Speaks Life, or Facebook. Until next time, my friend, I hope God reveals himself through your own life story.